Our learning objective is to describe how the optimal portfolio for an investor is the tangency between the efficient frontier and the highest possible indifference curve. Now, in order to figure out which portfolio an investor should hold, economists have created the concept of indifference curves. An indifference curve represents an investor's attitude toward risk. What sort of risk expected return trade-offs uh, an investor is willing to make. Now, in theory, we like to think that uh, if you wanted to understand uh, what an investor's indifference curves look like, you could cut a little hole in their head and pull back the scalp and peer in and you know, see how it's wired. Uh, another analogy is you take a blood sample and then you test it for risk tolerance. But in, in practice, all firms use risk tolerance questionnaires. And those questionnaires are constructed to help the financial planner understand what sort of, what, how much risk the investor is comfortable taking. So the definition of indifference curves is each curve represents the portfolios among which an investor is indifferent. If you were to draw a graph that once again has expected return on the vertical axis and standard deviation on the horizontal axis, then indifference curves traditionally would be curves that start at the vertical axis and slope upward to the right. In theory, the number of indifference curves is infinite. So if you drew every possible indifference curve, the entire graph would be a solid black uh, picture. So and we, you can't really analyze that. So what we do is instead of drawing all of the indifference curves, we draw selected number of indifference curves. So if we were to think about drawing, say, three indifference curves, and they're, they're parallel to each other, albeit they curve, then let's think about on the first indifference curve, which is the, which is the lowest of the three, <clears throat> you have two portfolios. A and B. Because they're on the same indifference curve, the investor by definition is indifferent between these two portfolios. The investor is equally happy to hold either portfolio A or portfolio B. If portfolio B is to the right on this indifference curve, it has more risk to it, but it also has more expected return. And what the indifference curve is saying is the additional expected return is just enough value to the investor to offset uh, the concern about taking on additional risk. If we move up one indifference curve and we place a portfolio C way up high on the indifference curve, the all that we can say is that the investor prefers to see to either of our first two portfolios that we think about as A and B, even though C in this case may have substantially more risk than A or B. It has 
more than enough increase in expected return to, for the investor to say, there's so much additional expected return here, I'm willing to take that extra risk. So C, in this case, is on a higher indifference curve, and it would be preferred to A or B. Now let's think of the third indifference curve is even higher than the first two, and a fourth portfolio that is on this highest indifference curve, but it, it is located almost next to the vertical axis, and we'll call this Portfolio D. Now, Portfolio D has less risk than any of the other three portfolios, but there's enough uh, increase in expected return that uh, it, it still would be preferred over the other three portfolios. The objective of the investor is to find the portfolio on the highest possible indifference curve. And that's the portfolio that the investor should want to hold, should hold. When we think about indifference curves in general, there is no, they are unique to each individual in, in theory. And you can sort of categorize indifference curves into four broad groups. One would be curved, but they're very steeply sloping, and we would call this a timid investor. So when you have very sloped but very steep indifference curves, this investor will invariably end up with relatively low-risk portfolios. An aggressive investor will have curved indifference lines, but they'll be fairly flat. And as a consequence, in most situations, they would end up opting for fairly risky portfolios. The third situation we can think of is a phobic investor. And in this case, this would be an investor with vertical indifference curves. And they run from right to left. So that means that the investor, in trying to get to the highest indifference curve, will consider only one factor, and that is the riskiness of the portfolio. So this investor would say, I don't care what the expected returns on the portfolios are, put me in the least risky portfolio that you can create. The fourth category would be the maniac, which has horizontal indifference curves that run from the bottom toward the top. So when this investor says, you know, I want to get to the portfolio with the highest, on the highest possible indifference curve, then, th then you would be looking at the portfolio with the highest expected return, regardless of the amount of risk that is involved. In practice, we do not think any investors, any rational investors, fall into the last two categories. That there are any investors who really would focus only on risk, or who would focus only on expected return, that in practice we think most investors are more like one of the first two. So it's really a case of how steep are those uh, indifference curves. Now, what determines the shape of the indifference curve? Well, there's really two categories uh, that determine the shape of the indifference curve, investor circumstances and psychology. Investor circumstances include things like wealth, income, stability of income, age. 
we know that as people become wealthier, they actually become more risk tolerant. They're willing to take on more risk. As people uh, move into higher income, again, they're willing to take on more risk. As people's income becomes more stable, they're willing to take on more risk. But as people age, all other things equal, uh, they become more adverse to risk. So when you consider that, uh, in many cases, as people age, they also become wealthier and their income grows, you then end up with a trade-off between the effect of age and the effect of wealth and, and income. Psychology is a result of our personal life experiences. It's uh, based on how we're wired when we're born, and it's just something truly unique to the uh, individual. So to determine which portfolio an investor should hold, let's return to our case where the correlation coefficient is minus one. So remember that's the sawtooth pattern and the efficient frontier is only the upper line segment that runs from the risk-free asset to the more risky of the two assets. And what we need to do now is to impose the investor's indifference curves on top of this line. And so think about imposing, say, three indifference curves. And the lowest of the three indifference curves passes through our efficient frontier twice. And so where it intersects the, the efficient frontier, we'll call those two portfolios A and B. So A and B are two portfolios that could be held. The investor is indifferent between A and B. But let's consider a second indifference curve that is exactly tangent to our efficient frontier at one point, and we'll call that portfolio C. So because portfolio C is on a higher indifference curve, it would be preferred to a or B. Now let's consider the third indifference curve which lies completely above the efficient frontier and any portfolio D on this third efficient frontier, excuse me, third indifference curve. The investor would love to hold that portfolio D, any portfolio on the highest indifference curve. The problem is they're not attainable. So if the objective is to hold the portfolio on the highest possible indifference curve, this would be our portfolio C on indifference curve 2. Let's consider some true-false questions. Indifference curves are uniform for all investors. False. There are many factors which influence the shape of indifference curves. An aggressive investor will have fairly flat indifference curves. That's true. The more aggressive the investor, the flatter the indifference curve. An investor with vertical indifference curves considers only expected return and not risk. That's false. When the indifference curves are vertical, we usually think of them as running right to left, then the investor considers only risk, not expected return. 